internet's home for Motown, soul, and great rock and roll. SkyPilotRadio.com This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Using free speech to free minds. It's the David Knight Show. Welcome on this Tuesday, July 16th, 2019. I'm David Knight, your host. Today we're going to talk about how socialism has now become a race. (laughs) It is a race to the bottom, of course. Uh, It is a race to oblivion for the Democrat Party, but they are literally trying to tell everybody that it is a race. And I'm going to prove it to you. I've got quotes from CNN. I've got Anderson Cooper, uh, Brian Stelter, all these people who are racing to oblivion in the ratings race. Uh, Stelter's program has gone down more than 40% in just six months. Yeah, they're they're bleeding viewers. (laughs) They're racing to the bottom. But when you look at this criticism, and I'm going to go back and take a look at President Trump's tweets, his original tweets, and I'm going to prove to you that these people are now trying to assert that communism, socialism, progressivism, the Green New Deal, all of these political and economic structures are now being characterized as race. You know, President Trump says the radical left congresswomen, they see women. He is talking about radical left Congress. (laughs) They take one little part of that and amplify that and start screaming about that. So we're going to take a look at that. We're going to take a look at the identity politics. But let's begin first with the news here. We have a city council in Minnesota, and it was the St. Louis Park, Minnesota City Council. Uh, President Trump tweeted about this after it was reported that they decided they were no longer going to do the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, They didn't like that. It was against their religion. Okay. Against their race, I guess. I don't, I don't know what these people are, but you know they don't like that. And he said, um, that is why I'm going to win the great state of Minnesota in the 2020 election. People are sick and tired of this stupidity and this disloyalty to our wonderful USA. And they've now relented. Now they've said, all right, all right, all right, we'll put it back on. Uh, look, I, I think it's very important for us to have these symbols, things like the Pledge of Allegiance. I hope that we can get back to the substance, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, the principles that this country was founded upon. I'm fine with the symbols, but let's not stop with worshiping the flag, saluting the military, and pledging allegiance to the country. Here's another example. Remember I had, not too long ago, I guess it was within the last month, I had Hal Shirtliff. Uh, the director, co-founder of the Camp Constitution, and, of course, they get a lot of speakers together, uh, nationally, internationally, to come together and talk about liberty, talk about the Constitution specifically. And they did this uh, up in the Boston area. They had uh, their Constitution Day festivities on September the 17th is when they uh, first began to do that uh, back in 2017. And, of course, the city refused to allow them to fly what they wanted to fly, which was a Christian flag. Again, a symbol. But it was a symbol that they wanted to fly over their camp so they could actually talk. These guys are actually talking about the substance that is involved here, the Constitution. 
and they and it's and involved in that the background, uh, the religion that gave us this system of law, the religion that gave us the culture that created that system of law, Christianity. And so that's why they were flying the Christian flag. Well, the Boston uh, people said, uh, no, we're not going to do that. Not going to do that. And he said, it was, uh, <laughs> it was absolutely amazing that they cited the First Amendment to shut down our free exercise of religion. But that's where we are in this country. The Constitution has been not only inverted but subverted. Everything that it was set up to do, to give us uh, the presumption of innocence, now everything, you're, you're guilty because we now operate under administrative law. You're now guilty. You have no presumption of innocence. You have no due process. Everything is prohibited unless expressly permitted. Just take a look at the FDA. A perfect example of that. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about cultural misappropriation and how socialism has now become a protected racial class. We'll be right back. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. In a world of deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. And now, The David Knight Show. Welcome on this July 16th, Year of Our Lord 2019. I'm David Knight, your host, and I say Year of Our Lord because that is the way it is referred to in the founding documents of our country. We recognize that we are all humans created by God, equal in the sight of God. We have equal opportunity, not equal results. We are to be treated equal. Uh, Those aspirations, even though not fully recognized at the time of the Declaration of Independence, or what informs this country, and the people who want to go back and try to erase the foundation of this country, who want to tear down the monuments and tear down the documents that founded this country, uh, want you to focus on the imperfections, the prejudice, the racism, the slavery of hundreds of years ago, instead of moving forward to a more perfect union in this country. And as a good example of this, uh, Hal Shirtliff, as I was saying at the top of the hour, uh, director and co-founder of Camp Constitution, had requested the city of Boston to fly the Christian flag as part of their Camp Constitution meeting. And, of course, they get speakers together to talk about the Constitution, talk about our Christian heritage that founded the basis of that. You know, we talk about a Christian nation. We don't mean that we're going to go down the lives of all these individual founders and say, well, you know, with an with a, uh, auditing process— judge them as to whether or not they were perfect men. Uh, No such thing exists. Amazingly, we've got Michael Moore today quoting the Bible to President Trump. Uh, Can you get any more hypocritical than that? Well, actually, (laughs) hypocrite was the Greek word for actor, for pretender. So I guess it it fits uh, Michael Moore. But anyway, uh, we'll talk about that later. And we'll also talk about how socialism has become a race. That's really what we're seeing now from this pushback against President Trump. We're going to talk about uh, what President Trump has been able to accomplish with just a couple of tweets. Uh, And as uh, Douglas Adams points out, he said uh, he won the 4D chess game and he did it by taking out four pawns. (laughs) 
That's a perfect tweet. But let's get back to this Camp Constitution situation. Boston. Banned in Boston. Remember banned in Boston when I was growing up? As a new American talking about this, said it used to conjure up memories of the city's strict Puritan heritage. And it was also the Catholic Church as well. Uh, they would look at movies and say, ah, that's a little bit too much sexual content, or we don't like the language, or this or that, so we ban it in Boston. Uh, they had the strictest standards in the country. Uh, no longer. Except uh, what they're now banning is anything that has to do with Christianity. And so now, after they banned this back in 2017, they refused to allow them to fly the Christian flag. They said it would be a violation of the First Amendment, which they claimed uh, claimed has a calls for a separation between church and state. No, that's not in the First Amendment. It's not in the Constitution. It was in a letter from Thomas Jefferson to the Danbury Baptists who were concerned because of the over-the-top rhetoric and hatred, as I've talked about many times. You think we got a, a tough political environment today? You should have seen what the people running in the early days of the Republic were saying about each other. You know, between uh, Jefferson and Adams and so forth. Adams got everybody scared. He said, uh, Thomas Jefferson is an atheist, and he's going to confiscate all your Bibles. And so you literally had people burying their Bibles in their backyard because they believed that over-the-top political rhetoric. And a group of Baptists in Danbury, Connecticut, uh, wrote Thomas Jefferson, said, are you going to do anything like this after he won the election? And he said, no, there is a wall of separation between the church and the state. In other words, you are protected, you, the church, are protected by a wall around the government, and that wall is the First Amendment. Uh, These people have now, as I said, they invert and pervert everything in the Constitution. So now they put the wall around Christians and say, shut up and go to your closet. And that's what the Boston people did to Camp Constitution. And so Camp Constitution is now suing them for this uh, move back in 2017. It's interesting, he said, that they offered to allow them to fly the flag if they would call it the Camp Constitution flag, but not if they called it the Christian flag. Uh, The government of Boston is anti-Christian, if you haven't noticed. Uh, As I pointed out when I was talking about education, R.L. Dabney said this was going to be the result of government education, and he pointed to Massachusetts as being the seminary problem in all of this with a government-running education. And he said, what are you going to do? You know, are you going to full-on teach uh, a religion in schools? Well, that's clearly not allowed in the Constitution. He said, are you going to teach part of it? Are you going to set aside a part of the day where kids can opt in for the different religions that they have or for no religion at all? No, you couldn't do that either, he said. But he said, what you're going to have is you're going to have uh, uh, the nonsense idea that we can have a religion-free, value-free society. No such thing has ever existed. No such thing will ever exist. The question is, whose values, whose religion is going to be taught? And so he argued, he made that the center point for the argument against any government involvement in education. He said, we have no right as Christians to have you teach our religion, but you have no right to deny that we can exercise it. And that's exactly what they're doing in Boston. Uh, Censoring religious viewpoints in a public forum where secular viewpoints are permitted violates the First Amendment, argued uh, the um, founder and chairman of the Liberty Council, 
a religious uh, freedom law firm. I believe they're the ones who are defending them. Uh, nevertheless, they point out the city has also flown the communist flag. Well, of course. No problem. No problem. And as I said at the top of the hour, uh, the city council in uh, St. Louis Park, Minnesota, who purged the Pledge of Allegiance, has now relented after tweets by President Trump and, of course, a massive backlash nationally. They, they banned the Pledge of Allegiance, and now they're going to do it again. But the issue is symbols or substance. In other words, are we going to honor the Constitution as written, or are we going to invert it? Are we going to turn it inside out? Are we going to use it as a tool of oppression and censorship when it talked about the free exercise of religion? We're now going to tell people, no, we're now going to be free of any expression or exercise of religion. See, that's what they do constantly. FDA, perfect example of it. Everything is prohibited unless the FDA permits it. And then no matter how dangerous it is, (laughs) if the FDA okayed it and permitted it, now the big pharmaceutical companies have some legal immunity on that if you sue them after it's damn after your uh, family is harmed by that. Let's talk a little bit before we get into uh, redefining socialism and communism as a race, and I'm going to show you how all these people who are criticizing President Trump over these tweets are doing precisely that. And we've also got an update. Uh, the squad, as Nancy Pelosi called them, or as I call them, the Sisterhood of Traveling Burkas, held a press conference yesterday, and uh, they were asked some pointed questions about whether or not they supported uh, or would criticize this Antifa terrorist who uh, was killed as he was attacking an ICE center. And uh, we're going to play for you what they had to say. Absolutely amazing. But first, before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about cultural misappropriation or let's say identity politics where identity politics meets political correctness. And I'm not talking about Beto (laughs) O'Rourke, the Irishman, Francis Robert O'Rourke. Oh, I'm Beto. Yeah, he's a beta male. He's uh, talking about a race to oblivion. Uh, (laughs) This guy is just disappearing uh, faster than an ice cube here in Austin in July. But um, let's talk about Scarlett Johansson. She was uh, giving an interview, and uh, she was at a forum, uh, As If Magazine. Uh, uh, She said that uh, her comments were taken out of context. But here's what she had to say. Uh, And we'll get into that when we come back, because I hear the music coming in. We're out of time, and I want to put this together in uh, uh, one segment. So stay with us. I'm going to tell you what she had to say as she was criticized for playing a transgender character. And it goes beyond uh, the money quote. I should be allowed to play any person or animal. It goes beyond that. Uh, Stay with us. We'll be right back. Serving with InfoWars is a great honor. But I still need my morning coffee. And luckily, our break room at the InfoWars headquarters is stocked full of high-quality InfoWars store Patriot Blend coffee. Grown in the high mountains of southern Mexico, the Chiapas farmers grow 100% organic, non-GMO coffee at the ideal altitude for the perfect cup. A robust coffee with great flavor and mild acidity. There has never been a more important time to support InfoWars. So if you love coffee and if you want to fight for freedom, then you can help. 
Order now at the InfoWars store. Sign up for AutoShip and get your own high-quality supply of Patriot Blend coffee delivered right to your door at InfoWarsStore.com. We will always be the people who defeated a tyrant, crossed a continent, harnessed science, took to the skies, and soared into the heavens. Because we will never forget that we are Americans and the future belongs to us. The future belongs to the brave, the strong, the proud, and the free. We are one people chasing one dream and one magnificent destiny. We all share the same heroes, the same home, the same heart, and we are all made by the same almighty God. Infowars.com, tomorrow's news today. Full power of the Republic in the name of Jesus Christ. Full power! Damn the torpedoes, go straight at them. Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. Renegade, Renegade Talk Radio. You're listening to The David Knight Show. We're back, yeah, put it where you want it, unless you tread on the toes of the political correctness, the Marxists who are trying to shut down freedom everywhere. Essentially, what they want to do is they want to uh, control everything. These are the people who have been very effective in terms of shutting down any political speech, shutting down comedy. Now they're going for drama. (laughs) They're killing everything. Because they desire to control everyone. That's the bottom line. That's where these people are going. So let's take a look at what Scarlett Johansson had to say. She was criticized by the LGBT, the woke people, the political correctness, the identity politics people, showing their intolerance. She was criticized because she had been chosen to portray a transgender man in a film called Rub and Tug. Uh, And uh, she also previously got a lot of criticism for playing an Asian woman in the 2017 film Ghost in the Shell, even though she looked exactly like the cartoon picture. You know, the cartoons that they have in uh, Japanese anime, uh, they don't draw their characters Asian. Uh, They don't really have an Asian look. It has a kind of a different look. And shape of her face and and so forth. Uh, She looked very much like that character. Nevertheless, she said, you know, as an actor, I should be allowed to play any person, any tree, any animal, because that's my job and the requirements of my job. So that's one of the things that actors who uh, really uh, are into their craft, and, and they take pride in the fact that they can play a tremendous range of roles. You know, take somebody like Alec Guinness, for example. Uh, from my generation, <laughs> uh, all kinds of characters he played in his life. 
they don't want to be tap, typecast as one particular character. That is death to their career. You know, if they're very successful in a particular role and they get typecast in that, they hate that. They want to play a whole variety of different roles. Uh, take, take a look at uh, John Wayne, for example. John Wayne played John Wayne. Uh, he wasn't typecast. He was an archetype. <laughs> uh, everybody wanted to be him. <laughs> so everybody was doing John Wayne, but Don, John Wayne was doing John Wayne. Uh, he didn't do a great job when he portrayed Genghis Khan. <laughs> that was pretty laughable. Uh, but, uh, you know, John, John Wayne was great to watch his great box office, but people who pride themselves in being actors or actresses, they want to be able to play a wide variety of roles. They can play a tree, they can play an animal, whatever she said. And this role that she came under criticism for was a true story of a transgender man who operated a massage parlor and a prostitution ring in Pittsburgh in the 1970s. This, folks, is why I don't go to movies anymore. <laughs> Who in Hollywood thought this would be a film that America wants to see? <laughs> a transgender man operating a massage parlor in a prostitution ring in the 1970s. Uh, this is the Hollywood of Harvey Weinstein. This is the Hollywood of Jeffrey Epstein. This is the disgusting content that we're getting from these people. That's why I don't go to movies anymore. Uh, do we have Christians talking about boycotting this or even criticizing it? No, Christians are silent about this stuff. Uh, the LGBT lobby, however, is very upset about this because uh, even though uh, it's going to be a movie very uh, sensitive and positive about transgenderism, they're upset because they don't actually have a transgender actor or actress playing the character. So she eventually had to withdraw from the movie because of all the criticism in Hollywood. Uh, they were saying that it was that her casting her was insensitive to the transgender community. To give you an idea of how widespread this is, this isn't just one actress, one role. As uh, Breitbart points out, last year, Oscar winner Kate Blanchett declared she would, quote, fight to the death for the right of non LGBT actors to play the role of LGBT people. You know, because Kate Blanchett has played other fictional roles. Besides being a trans, you know, she played Gladriel in The Lord of the Rings and so forth. So she, she can't assume the role of a fictional character, and, and she wants to do that. Uh, Breaking Bad star Brian Cranston defended his decision to play a disabled man. He said it was simply a business decision. So he, he, I guess with method acting, if you wanted to play somebody in a wheelchair, they'd have to break his legs, literally, right, so that he could do that. Uh, however, on the other side, in January, British actress Jamila Jamil rejected her role as a deaf woman, arguing that it wouldn't be appropriate to accept. Uh, another individual, actor, uh, Darren Chris, uh, who starred in the assassination of Gianni, Gianni Versace, yes, promised that he would never again take on the role of LGBT. Uh, after he played Versace, and he wasn't uh, LGBT. And then, in an update, Scarlett Johansson comes back and shows why she's not really the victim here, why she deserved being boycotted. She said, the question I was answering in my conversation was about the confrontation between political correctness and art. Let me, let me insert something here. Why should there be a confrontation between political correctness and art. Why should political correctness be confronting art? As I said, 
They've already confronted political commentary. They already confronted, like we talked about yesterday when I interviewed uh, Ben Garrison. They've uh, shut down essentially any political satire, any political cartoons, any political speech on social media. They've confronted it and shut it down. They have confronted and shut down comedy now. All the comedians are talking about this. All the Monty Python people, Rowan Atkinson, all these people say, we can't do comedy anymore. I couldn't do comedy if I was doing it today. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld says, you've got to really walk on your tiptoes around these people anymore. They can't take a joke. They are humor, humorless Marxists. And the bottom line isn't that they just are so offended by everything. They want to control everybody. That's what this is about. That's why they're killing comedy, killing uh, political cartoons, political discussion, and now killing drama. And she goes on to say, this is why she deserves what she got, why Scarlett Johansson deserved it. I recognize that in reality there is a widespread discrepancy amongst my industry that favors Caucasian cisgendered actors. See, here she is. She's bowing down and she's worshiping LGBT. See, it's not enough to portray them in a positive light. You have to bow down and worship them. Worship them. They don't want tolerance. They want you to celebrate their sexual activities, their sexual imaginings, uh, their sexual, uh, you know, they themselves are actors. Uh, Favors Caucasian cisgendered actors that not every actor has been given the same opportunities that I have been privileged to. I continue to support and always have diversity in every industry and will continue to fight for projects where everyone is included. So here we go. Caucasian, cisgendered, privileged. That's me. Please forgive me. She goes full beta on them. Full beta O'Rourke. Yeah, she deserves exactly what she got. You know, that's why they came up with the term uh, actor. You know, hypocrite actually was the uh, Greek term. They only changed one word. They changed the K to a C. Hippocrates, okay, was an actor, a pretender in Greece. And that's what these people are. Total hypocrites. We'll be right back. Stay with us. As we gather this evening in the joy of freedom, we remember that all share a truly extraordinary heritage. Together, we are part of one of the greatest stories ever told, the story of America. It is the epic tale of a great nation whose people have risked everything for what they know is right and what they know is true. As long as we stay true to our cause, as long as we remember our great history, as long as we never, ever stop fighting for a better future, then there will be nothing that America can not do. Infowars.com, tomorrow's news today. Full power of the Republic in the name of Jesus Christ. Full power! Damn the torpedoes, go straight at them! This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You're listening to The David Knight Show. Defending the American Dream. It's the David Knight Show. 
Welcome back. I was just talking about Scarlett Johansson, how she had to kowtow to the LGBT lobbies and uh, say, well, I'm, I'm just a Caucasian, cisgendered, privileged actor, and I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I shouldn't be allowed to play any role, even if it's one that is complementary to the transgender movement. I am not uh, transgender, so I shouldn't be allowed to do that. We also see that in California, of course, where else? University of California, Santa Barbara, has now terminated a doctoral candidate. She was in the Department of Feminist Studies. Not good enough. Not good enough because, you know, the T's are at war with the L's. (laughs) You know, once you go down this war, and this is uh, uh, what we're going to see that's happening in the Democrat Party as well. It's what I said on Monday, yesterday. I said, uh, once you start going down this radical road, it becomes a self-consuming revolution, just like the French Revolution. Eventually, the leaders get the guillotine, as we saw in the French Revolution, literally. And that's what's happening now to Nancy Pelosi. And she deserves every bit of it. She and people of her ilk used this to get political power, and now this revolution is eating its own. Always does. And that's what's happening within the LGBT community. The L's are now fighting the T's and vice versa with this uh, candidate. She spoke out against it. Uh, She rejects the idea of transgender status. Why would she do that? Well, the lesbians and the feminists are upset about the fact that uh, people, uh, men who are biologically male, are usurping their feminism and uh, their their situation in life, you know, intruding into their lives. And they're not allowed to speak out against it. See, even the feminists can't speak against the transgenders because the transgenders are now at the top of the stack. They're the latest privileged group. And now they have privilege over all the other groups that were asserting privilege and political correctness before them. That's the way this thing works. You, You stack the people in as they come in and the Newest group gets all the privilege. And so she's now out. Uh, Take a look at what's going on with James Bond. As it was quoted from the mail, they had an anonymous movie insider saying there's a pivotal scene at the start of the film where M says, uh, come in, 007, and then walks Lashana, who is black, beautiful, and a woman, said the source. It is a popcorn-dropping moment. Bond is still Bond, but he's now been replaced as 007. And this is a trial balloon. This is a trial balloon to yet again impose the intersectionality, the war of different types, different groups, right? Uh, Each imagined group as a power group, as a group of victims. And as one uh, person tweeted, one actress tweeted, she said, okay, uh, the latest Spider-Man, Mary Jane, is a black woman. Asgard's new leader is a black woman. Starfire is a black woman. Ariel is now a black woman. And the new 007 is a black woman. I love this song. Keep it going. You know, we're going to have a Jane Bond. I talked a lot about having Idris Elba. You know, I'd like to see Idris Elba in a James Bond-like role. But to me, you know, there's one James Bond, (laughs) Sean Connery. All the rest of them (laughs) didn't fit. Uh, And I wish that they had done something like they did in the Bourne series. You know, they didn't, uh, when they had Jeremy Renner come in, uh, they didn't call him Jason Bourne. They had another character. And you can actually grow the franchise that way. You know, still keep Matt Damon as Jason Bourne. 
but you can bring in other people who are also part of that same program, and you don't have to give them the same name and continue it that way. I, you know, James Bond is not Doctor Who. I mean, Doctor Who had a justification for having radically different people as a dead each uh, instantiation. So, yeah, I, I would like to see uh, Idris Elba in a role like that. But that's not really what this is about. And you know how these people would scream about this if it was the other way around, right? We just saw that with Scarlett Johansson. So it's the hypocrisy, the acting, the pretending, which is permeating throughout all of that. And, of course, uh, at InfoWars, uh, Paul Joseph Watson talked about how the top British soap opera in that country, EastEnders, uh, and uh, those of us here in America don't really know about EastEnders, but as he points out, it is one of the most popular TV shows in the U.K., It has a viewership of over 6 million people multiple times a week. It is a soap opera. And now this taxpayer-funded soap opera run by the BBC has inserted a storyline, writes Paul Joseph Watson, uh, into its most popular soap opera about a man who, after leaving prison, converts to Islam in order to find peace, right? Peace. Uh, It's a religion of peace. And you don't have to worry in the UK about the separation of mosque and state, right? Uh, not worried about that at all. Uh, church and state, yes. Yeah. So, you know, we've got to be concerned about that, uh, but not mosque and state. And so it's going to explore the Islamic faith, writes uh, Watson, as he adapts to life on the outside after being jailed for murdering his sister. The soap opera is working closely with the Muslim Youth Helpline to portray the positive impact of religion on the troubled teenager. As they describe it, as they they described it, and they said he starts to make peace with his violent past, you know, because it is the religion of peace. After being given a copy of the Quran by a Muslim friend, the director of Muslim Youth Helpline said the plot was an opportunity to portray Islam as a positive influence, quote unquote. And as Paul Joseph Watson points out, the situation is diametrically the real situation is diametrically opposed to what they're selling people on the BBC. A report by The Independent last year described how British prisons became a breeding ground for Islamist extremism. Uh, Said the report, we are seeing a great experiment take place. where We've got more extremists behind bars than ever before. They're often on pretty short sentences, and no one knows what's the most effective way of managing them. So the reality is that, yeah, you get sent to prison, and you do become a Muslim convert, but you don't become peaceful. Uh, Islam is being portrayed that way. And he points out that, however, on another BBC program, another UK soap opera uh, called Holyoaks, they recently featured a subplot that uh, was developed in coordination with the British government, of course, where a character was radicalized by a right-wing extremist group and became more dangerous. But if you're radicalized by the uh, Islamic terrorists in prison, you become peaceful, says the BBC. And quite frankly, that's why the BBC and the UK government worked so hard to hide what was going on with the Muslim grooming gangs. And YouTube has now removed video of Tommy Robinson uh, saying that it violates hate speech. Now, if you, they still have the video. I checked this morning. The video, the last interview that Tommy Robinson did before he went to prison, is still up on my YouTube channel if you want to go there. Uh, Libertarian. If you want to subscribe, uh, subscribe to Libertarian. And, of course, that title is Tommy Robinson's final interview before prison. That was about five days ago. It's still up there. Uh, they haven't noticed it. Uh, I've got 58,000 subscribers that haven't noticed that I'm back on YouTube yet either. <laughs> uh, 
after they took me down without warning, without explanation, uh, without ever having any strikes on that channel at all. I've already got one already uh, on this one. Uh, so go ahead and subscribe. I think that one's about to time out. You know why I, I got that? For criticizing Ilhan Omar, a protected class. And we're going to talk more about her coming up in the next segment. Uh, but again, if uh, YouTube does take it down, you can find it on Infowars.com forward slash David-Knight-Show. And as Tommy Robinson pointed out, you know, there is a connection in these grooming gangs. He said uh, there are only uh, these Islamic men are only four and a half percent of the population. But it was over 90 percent of these grooming gang crimes committed by that four and a half percent of the population. There is a connection. The BBC did not want you to see that. Instead, the BBC wants you to imagine that only people who have what they characterize as right wing views can become dangerous. Uh, not the people in prison. You know, why are they in prison? Was it, was it because they're going through a, a uh, store and not uh, like we just saw this last week? A guy with a knife on video. Are you English? If they said yes, you got knifed by this guy. That's right. Ah, but it's the religion of peace. And we're going to talk about how not only did the religion of Islam become a race, but now we have the political and economic system called socialism, called communism. That has now become a race. We're going to talk about the back and forth between President Trump and the squad when we come back. Don't miss this. We'll be right back. Robert Barnes, what has big tech become? Uh, big tech are big babies that have become big bullies. And the way they did so is because they faced no consequence, social, economic, political, or legal, for their illicit activities over two decades. And because of that, that's why the courts, the judges, the juries, the members of the independent free press that care about this, the ordinary members of the public and the audience that care about this, have to bring real social, political, economic consequence to their course of conduct. Otherwise, they will never change. And they will become the big tech oligarchs, the equivalent to the big trust of the 19th century, who ran American politics and ran American economy almost into the ground until we were able to recover after the Great Depression. The InfoWars audience is the fuel that flames the, the, the light of liberty across the world to make real the actions of independent free speech, to make real the original promise of an independent free press. Real collusion is big tech and big media manipulating and working with each other to try to meddle with elections, to try to shape people's thoughts. And then the whopper of telling us the whole time it's not happening. It's the ultimate form of gaslighting. What you just saw isn't what you just saw, even it is what, what you just saw. <laughs> As we witness the most disastrous geological activity in recorded history, the globalists are backed into a corner and the leftists are pushing for civil war. Borders are being broken and sovereignty is being challenged. The world is going to change and how it changes will likely be decided by those who are prepared to stay strong when the system fails. The system is vulnerable. Electricity could be gone in an instant and grocery stores could be empty in three days. Having storable foods and the ability to purify water will give you a fighting chance in the next level. And being without puts you at the mercy of others or makes you a slave to a dying system. Buy storable foods and an Alexa Pure Gravity Water Filter today. Support mankind by being prepared and support freedom by buying from InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The David Knight Show. The deception 
Welcome back. I want to talk about the back and forth between President Trump and the squad, uh, as we were saying before. But I got one more thing to say. <laughs> and that is, we've got Steve Mnuchin's wife. And of course, he's the Treasury Secretary for President Trump. Steve Mnuchin's wife, and you've seen her posing with stacks of money, <laughs> whatever, I mean, in the, uh, the Treasury building, but also uh, an Instagram star flaunting her wealth and good looks. But now she is going to be portraying or, uh, or, or, uh, playing, I guess they put it, right, a bisexual psychopath killer in an erotic film. So she's actually going to be in a softcore film, and she's going to be playing a bisexual psychopathic killer who is, quote, uninhibited and very carnal and confident in her sexuality. And so in light of all of the current trends in Hollywood that we're just talking about, how you have to be what you're actually portraying, you know, Scarlett Johansson and these other people cannot portray a transgender person or even a disabled person. If you're not transgender or disabled yourself, does that mean that they're trying to tell us something about Steve Mnuchin's wife? I don't know. <laughs> I won't be seeing that film either. I'm not interested in that one or the one that Scarlett Johansson was going to be in. But let's take a look at what's truly going on here in this fight between President Trump and the squad. As I tweeted out today, and you can find my tweets on uh, Twitter if you search for me and if you search for the tweets because as I've uh, – Pointed out many times, you know, they've capped uh, my number of followers. So as I, I do pick up people, and I notice that I'm I'm adding people at a slower rate, uh, but still, you know, they disappear whenever they get at it. They, they've kind of capped me at 121,800, plus or minus 20 or 30 people. As soon as it goes up, they take them down. It goes up, take them down. But people say, I, I don't see your stuff anymore. Uh, my wife is constantly getting things saying, do you really want to get notifications from this guy? <laughs> and they're egging her on to follow Alexandria Occasional Cortex. So they want her to follow, they, they want my wife to follow AOC, and they don't want her to get notification from me. And they keep doing this to her on a daily basis. Anyway, I did pin this at the top. If you can find me on Twitter, it's Liberty Terran. I said, first the religion of Islam became a race, quote-unquote. Now a political economic system has become a race, quote-unquote. Notice a pattern? When everyone who disagrees with you is racist, when you can't defend your argument, it's necessary to keep expanding the definition of race, quote-unquote. And so that's really what's going on right now. Is socialism a race? The progressive squad, writes uh, Free Beacon, holds a special press conference to demand that President Trump be impeached. This is their response. Uh, President Trump came back. Uh, these people came back yesterday. Uh, they said the president, who has been credibly accused of committing multiple crimes, including colluding with a foreign government, pay no attention to the Mueller report. Please don't let the Mueller report or the Constitution or the Bill of Rights get in the way of your calls to censor Tucker Carlson or to continue to claim uh, and believe in this Russian conspiracy theory that has been thoroughly discredited. And they had other things to say at the press conference. Uh, I want to play for you. We get uh, video clip number three. Uh, Ilhan Omar was asked by a reporter if she condemned the firebomb attack by an Antifa member. Here's what she had to say. Will you condemn the Antifa attack in Washington over the weekend? It's easy to condemn terrorism. Will you condemn it? Antifa firebombed a facility in Tacoma over the weekend. It's an ICE facility. Will you condemn them for that? 
I mean, can firebombing a concentration camp is kind of a wild have a thing problem actually in a concentration camp. A firebomb attack if it you was done by somebody she didn't no? like politically? Are you pleased? Should more people do it? <laughs> it's easy to say no. Here, here, I think this is it. It's really easy yeah. to say no. <laughs> but she won't do that. And then it's AOC's turn to come out and condemn an Antifa terrorist. Remember, they said, you know, President Trump, even after he condemned Ku Klux Klan, white supremacists, you didn't do it strongly enough. you got to do it again. Do it again. Do it again. These people won't do it once. They won't say anything. Here's AOC, video six. Will you condemn Antifa for the attack in Washington? It's easy to condemn a terrorist attack. Will you be condemning Antifa? They firebombed an American facility. Will you condemn them? <laughs> will you be condemning She will not condemn the violence. Do you feel like you responsibility in the attack with your rhetoric about concentration camps? Are you responsible? Do you feel ashamed? Yeah, there you go. Are you responsible? The great job by that uh, reporter from Rebel Media. Now, President Trump's tweet, as uh, Boston Herald, uh, Adriana Cohen said, she said, Trump tweet went too far, she says. But he has a point. And she said this. She said, in a poorly worded tweet storm directed at freshman Democrat Congresswomen who trash talk him and America regularly, the president went off. And I want you to listen to what the president had to say. And I want you to think about this. Is this an attack on their being women? Is this an attack on their skin color? Is it an attack on their race? Is it? Or is it a, an attack on their politics and their economics and their hatred of America? This is what the president actually said. So interesting to see progressive Democrat Congress women who originally came from countries whose governments are a complete and total catastrophe, the worst, most corrupt and inept anywhere in the world, if they even have a functioning government at all, now loudly and viciously telling the people of the United States, the greatest, most powerful nation on earth, how our government is to be run. Why don't they go back home and help fix the totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came? Then come back and show us how it's done. These places need your help badly. You can't leave fast enough. I'm sure Nancy Pelosi would be very happy to quickly work out free travel arrangements. So again, listen to that. It wasn't anything about, except for the fact that he referred to Congress women. There wasn't anything at all in there about them being women of color. There's nothing about that. Nothing about them being, uh, you know, foreigners. There, and I'll talk about that in just a moment because they misconstrued that as well. But listen to the key words here. Progressive countries, governments. Is it a functioning government at all? No, you criticize the United States. You criticize our nation, our government. Go back and fix those places. Right? That's what President Trump had to say. But now, see, socialism, Marxism, progressivism is now a race. It is now a protected gender, and you cannot criticize it. No, it's these women who are protected. 
uh, this person who is coming out saying, well, he went too far. She said he, he started with the fact that three of the four congresswomen he's referring to were born in the United States. Did you hear anything in that about them being born uh, in somewhere else? You know, quite frankly, this is the misappropriation of identity. Look, they are foreigners. Regardless of where they were born, they are foreigners. As I said yesterday, AOC has always identified herself as Puerto Rican. Uh, she is Puerto Rican first, foremost, and always. She's talked about how wonderful it is being from Puerto Rico, how they are amalgamation of uh, people who are black and Spanish and all this other type of thing, right? But most importantly, they identify with these foreign countries. They identify with a foreign political and economic system. It's called socialism. In that sense, they are as foreign to America as you can get. Let me tell you something. I'm foreign to America. Yes, uh, I was born here. My parents and my ancestors were born here going back to the 1600s. You know, but bottom line is, I'm foreign. As, uh, who was it, Franklin said? Uh, I think it's Franklin, Ben Franklin. Where liberty dwells, there is my country. I am a man without a country. I can't find any country where there's liberty. Believe me, if there was a country where liberty, individual liberty, as expressed in the Declaration of Independence and these other issues, was supported, if our Constitution was in effect anywhere, I would be there in a heartbeat. I can't find a country. I am homeless. I'm politically homeless. These people have a political home that they identify with and has nothing to do with America. All right, we've got to go to break. We're going to have more about this when we come back. I'm going to go into the back and forth, why it was a a brilliant political move by President Trump, as you all have seen, (laughs) and as we see CNN collapsing. But I just want to remind you of the sale that we have right now, a continuation of our 34-hour broadcast last week, our 1776 worldwide broadcast, and we have reduced prices on many, many items to $17.76. That represents up to 75% off of some items, at least 10% on everything in the store. You can find that at InfoWarsStore.com. We have all of our designs and shirts, T-shirts and hats, and supplements, vitamins, and minerals. InfoWarsStore.com. I just want listeners to understand, money is what allows us to beat this and stand against this. And we're seeing a lot of orders right now with the Save InfoWars 50% off, but we make only like $5, $10 on higher marked up stuff. We're making like $2 on the toothpaste at that price. And we're moving a ton of it, okay? But you move a couple hundred thousand dollars or something and you get $20,000. That doesn't pay for all the infrastructure, the bandwidth, the lawyers, the crew. So we need to sell millions and millions and millions of dollars of product. I want to expand, not contract. And for six months, we've not just been at a standstill. The enemy's been winning. And I have labored and labored and labored and labored on this. I like to be expanding. I like to be winning. I like to be fighting. And we are winning the info war. That's why we're so hated. But we need to be retreaded. We need to be tuned up. We need to be fixed up. We never have time to get into dry dock. We got a lot of holes shot at us. And the enemy wants to silence us. Then they're really going to plant child porn on us. Then they're going to kill me or you or anybody else. I mean, the Democrats now are going into a full revolutionary fervor funded by foreign banks and the Chicom. So go to InfoWarsStore.com. The Internet's home for Motown, soul, and great rock and roll. SkyPilotRadio.com This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.
It's your move. You're listening to The David Knight Show. Welcome back. I was just talking about the article from the Boston Herald by Adriana Cohen. And she said, you know, the Trump tweet went too far, but he has a point. He has a point, she said. She didn't think he should have said the things that he said because, again, she buys in the fact that, uh, oh, look, uh, he's coming after women. I just read you all the key words there. It was all about this nation, that nation. You support this system. You don't support the United States. You hate everything about this country. You are progressive, socialist, Democrats, Congress, women. Women. He said women. Get him. Lynch him. And you just heard the brilliant report from Rebel Media, and it was uh, the reporter. I got his name. I think it's uh, Kian Bextay, I think who did that brilliant work. These people are going on their way to a press conference to harangue President Trump, and they can't say anything bad about an Antifa socialist who embraces everything that they stand for. Open borders. Oh, yeah, look at this. He's a, uh, got concentration camps at the border and everything. So he attacks and tries to kill people at an ICE uh, headquarters or, or station or whatever, and uh, he gets killed himself. They cannot say anything bad about this Antifa terrorist. But they're on their way to a press conference to harangue President Trump because he pushed back against their criticism, their hatred of the United States, their hatred of our system, our culture, our laws, and their elevation of everything foreign. As this writer with the Boston Herald points out, she says, look, here's his point. Ilhan Omar was born in Somalia. You know, these other women were born in America, but I pointed out to you, I said, look, they're not American. They don't embrace American values. And I don't embrace what America and American government has become either. So in that sense, neither am I. It doesn't really matter, right? Uh, so, you know, I embrace the Constitution, Declaration of Independence. I can't see any evidence that that's involved here in this country, quite frankly. Uh, but let's talk about their country. It's even worse than whatever America is right now. Uh, Somalia is an impoverished, war-torn country, as she points out, the Boston Herald, where women are subjected to horrific oppression, including female genital mutilation and being sold off against their will as child brides and other forms of subjugation so bad that Ilhan Omar herself had to flee the country. Where did she go? Oh, she went to this horrible place, to the United States. And she said, so with Omar, the president is making a broader point that the former refugee, now a U.S. congresswoman representing Minnesota's 5th District, should appreciate the unparalleled freedom and the opportunities that America affords, except she lies to college students, creates this uh, mythological story that she admitted to the Washington Post. The Washington Post says, "Eh, this sounds too much like Les Mis. (laughs) This doesn't sound real. Okay, well, the details of it are not really true, but, you know, I just really wasn't treated well in America. America is just such a racist, horrible place, and I really hate it here. Oh, go back. Go back. Please go back to that Shaholi country that you came from. Because, you know, the, what you see happening there, the female genital mutilation, being sold off as child brides, uh, being beaten, covered up. Well, you, got the, you got Nancy Pelosi to change the rules in Congress so you could cover your head in a sign of submission, right? But that's not good enough for you. This is still a hateful country. We bow and we scrape to you and your values and your culture. Your culture is what happened to Somalia. 
your culture, your laws. Where do people get their cultures and laws, Ilhan Omar? They get it from their religion. Our country used to be based on the Christian religion. No more. No more. We're embracing your culture. Your culture of censorship, your culture of oppression, your culture of violence that you cannot condemn an Antifa terrorist. Yeah, that's your culture coming here. She goes on to say, Trump never apologizes, never explains. Maybe this time he should think about it. No, he understands exactly what he's doing. (laughs) And we'll show you why when we come back. Uh, Even Rahm Emanuel understands that Trump is winning this fight. We'll be right back. Stay with us. In a world of deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. And now, The David Knight Show. Welcome back. I guess, yeah, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. Uh, and so is <laughs> trying to kill people who are ICE agents. But, of course, Ilhan Omar and Alexandria Occasional Cortex could not say anything negative about the individual who was just killed trying to do just that. You saw that great report by the uh, rebel media reporter asking them, uh, will you condemn him? And they just looked the other way. He does it for 40 seconds. We played both of those out so you could hear the crickets in the background as they refused to say anything negative about that terrorist as they were on their way to a press conference to say everything they could think of negative about President Trump. And some of these people are saying, yeah, he needs to walk this back. He needs to tone this. No, he doesn't. As Rahm Emanuel has said, when he called AOC's chief of staff, I pointed this out yesterday, he called Shock Rabardi, a guy who should be on his way to prison, along with AOC, for what they did with the political action committee. Candidates and chief of staff are not supposed to be running a political action committee. They're supposed to be completely separate under FEC law, but they did. But that's okay, because they can do anything they want. They are protected individuals, as you can see in this back and forth protected by social media, protected by the bureaucracies, but even by Trump's own Federal Elections Commission. They're not going to come after them. But you can, can you imagine if President Trump and his one of his sons or President Trump and Ivanka had been uh, the co-chairs uh, of a political action committee to get President Trump elected? He would be in jail right now. They would have already impeached him and he'd be in jail, but not AOC or her chief of staff, Chakrabarty. As the Wall Street Journal points out, Chakrabarty sent waves to the Democrat caucus when he posted a tweet about the border bill comparing moderate and blue dog Democrats, some of whom are black, to Southern segregationists in the 1940s, as reported by Wall Street Journal. And they also reported that Rahm Emanuel called Chakrabarty, AOC's chief of staff, a snot-nosed punk. I pointed that out yesterday. He went on to say, Uh, said Rahm Emanuel, we fought for years to create the majorities to get a Democratic president elected and reelected, and they're going to dither it away. Do they want to beat Trump, or do they want to clear the moderates and the centrists out of the party? Uh, That is a rhetorical question, Rahm. Of course, they want to clear out all of the moderates and centrists out of the party. But what Trump is doing, and what he did with just a series of tweets, was as they erupted into civil war between the moderates and the centrists, 
uh, if there is such a thing. And is there such a thing as a moderate or a centrist Democrat anymore? <laughs> I don't think so. I think there's just the uh, the radical redistributionist, the radical socialist, and the hardcore Marxists and communists, which is the new generation. That is, we were fighting last week. President Trump has now essentially pushed Nancy Pelosi to embrace and to defend these people. And so now they're going to have a resolution defending these people and condemning President Trump. So now she's going to have to bring these people in. Do they really want this? As Axios pointed out, and I read this poll to you on Monday, yesterday as well, uh, AOC is defining the Democrats in swing states. She has become the defining face of the Democrat Party, and it is going to be underscored even more so with this embracing of them by Nancy Pelosi, trying to embrace now the squad. If all voters hear about is AOC, it could put the House majority at risk, said a top Democrat involved in 2020 congressional races. She's getting all the news, and she's defining everyone else's races. Uh, Is that a double entendre? She's defining everyone else's races? (laughs) Because everything is all about race to them, right? And as I said before, you know, first Islam, the religion, became a race. Uh, Now, socialism, progressivism, Marxism, communism has now become a race because that's what President Trump is talking about, right? And now she's defining everybody's races, their political races, as they race to the bottom. Uh, The poll taken in May before Pelosi's latest run-in shows that the uh, squad uh, is really not doing too well with voters. They surveyed about 1,000 people. I talked about this yesterday. Remember, these were taken before the events of last week. Uh, AOC was recognized by 74% of the voters, but only 22% of them had a favorable view of her. So three-quarters of the people know who she is. Only a fifth of the people like her. Uh, Ilhan Omar doing even worse. 50% of the people uh, knew who she was. Only 9% had a favorable view. My wife said last night when I went home, what's the matter with those 9%? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How did she get 9% of the people to like her? I, I don't understand that. And then here we go. Now here's the issue on race. Do you like the race that the squad is? And so they ask people about capitalism versus socialism because that's really their race now, right? And so 56% of the people were favorable to the race of capitalism. And only um, socialism was pretty toxic. Uh, where is the number for this? Uh, the number... Uh, uh, oh, 18%. So 50% liked the race of capitalism, and only 18% liked the race of socialism. Uh, liberal activists, however, are trying to push Nancy Pelosi out. They don't not only don't want her as speaker, they don't even want her in Congress. And you've got quotes from people uh, in uh, California. You've got a far-left activist, many others, already lining up making campaign contributions to someone in her district who's going to primary her. Uh, The uh, individual's name, I don't know if this is male or female, Shahid Buttar, a lawyer running against Pelosi. And the slogan is resistance for real, for real. Uh, She's going to get left in the dust, said an environmental activist from L.A. Is AOC a little radical? Yes, but it's the urgency that we need. You know, these people, it's the revolution that's going on here, here. And so Nancy Pelosi is now having to defend these people who are also trying to slit her throat. It is the French Revolution being replayed again, as I said yesterday. 
Uh, the RNC, meanwhile, and President Trump's campaign raised more than $100 million in the second quarter. Uh, that's another race. <laughs> The presidential race. Michigan swing voters blast the 2020 Democrats. They said, uh, how about you people focus on America? No, see, the Democrats are the party that puts America last. America last? That's their slogan. We need to make them wear that. As a matter of fact, we ought to do a T-shirt with that. (laughs) Vote for Democrats. America last. Americans come last when it comes to college benefits. Americans come last when it comes to health care, Medicare. Because of foreigners who come here criminally trespassing, foreign citizens, foreign citizens, they are citizens somewhere. They're not just these foreigners that are just drifting around in limbo. No, they're actually citizens of another country. They have a place. And they're coming here. They're coming to America. And uh, they get superior welfare benefits. They get superior educational benefits. They can get in-state tuition anywhere they go. In California, they can get health care that California residents don't get. That's what President Trump should make them wear, the fact that they love foreign citizens and they don't do anything for American citizens. Dreamers have a dream, right? They want free education. Who's going to pay for their free education? You filthy Americans. You privileged Americans. You're going to be privileged to pay for these foreign citizens' educations. And it's not just K-12, through going all the way through college. You're going to subsidize them. And what's that going to do? Where's that money come from to pay for their education? It comes with property taxes. So your American dream, kiss it goodbye. Kiss home ownership goodbye. Kiss having even a bigger apartment goodbye. Because, you know, those property taxes find their way into your apartment rent as well. Uh, Trump tweets out, We will never be a socialist or communist country. How racist is that? I mean, that's just so racist. When is President Trump going to stop being a racist and a bigot against socialism and communism, right? It's just he's such a bigot when it comes to socialism and communism. (laughs) If you're not happy here, leave, he says. Again, he doubled down. We will never be a socialist or communist country. If you're not happy here, you can leave. It's your choice and your choice alone. This is about love for America. Certain people hate our country. He said radical left Democrats want open borders, which means drugs, crimes, human trafficking, and more. Detention facilities are not concentration camps. America has never been stronger than now and so forth. So, uh, And during the conference, he had some things to say as well. We'll have more of that when we come back. Stay with us. The globalists are hyper-competitive, scientific dictators. They are technocrats. They are control freaks in their own words. And they believe allowing you to live your own life and make your own decisions gets in the way of their great destiny to merge with AI gods. Now, we're fighting them hard in cyberspace. We're fighting them hard right here in the third dimension. But one of the biggest places that we neglect to forget that we've really got a lot of control in our lives is our bodies. If I wasn't taking the highest quality supplements from InfoWarsLife.com, I couldn't do it. That's why we decided to take our original Secret 12 that was incredibly high quality medical bottleman and double the strength of it in a new formula, Ultra 12. Ultra 12 is undoubtedly the strongest, highest quality B12 over-the-counter that you're going to find anywhere. It is amazing. Experience pure methocobalamin B12 for yourself and fund the second American revolution against the tyrants at InfoWarsStore.com, InfoWarsLife.com, or 888-253-3139. 
It's not only that you have a unique voice in the public arena and the public square. The other thing that's unique about InfoWars is, is it is the only network of this reach that is not backed by a corporate donor or corporate sugar daddy, that's not backed by some billionaire, that's not being funded by secret foreign government. It is completely independent of all that. It is an old school American 1776 style experiment in the expression of the freedom of press and freedom of speech that, in fact, the founders were so concerned with at the beginning of the country, they actually tried to support and subsidize organizations just like this because this was the kind of press they wanted. And then ultimately we now live in an era where they've mostly been co-opted by big corporations or billionaire sugar daddies who've been able to control and manipulate what news and views the person is allowed to have or express or hear. And the InfoWars audience has broken through that. They, uh, they are the bridge from the founding to the modern age, ultimate American democracy and freedom. And that's why there's been an unprecedented onslaught of deplatforming, defamation, lawfare, and libel targeting you. The Internet's home for Motown, soul, and great rock and roll. SkyPilotRadio.com Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one Internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. Renegade, Renegade Talk Radio. You're listening to The David Knight Show. Welcome back as they were having their press conference to criticize President Trump. And again, as you saw from the Rebel Media report, they, they could not criticize this Antifa terrorist who attacked ICE uh, and was killed in the process. They had absolutely nothing to say. Forty seconds, he put the microphone in front of their face, kept asking, uh, do you condemn what he did? Yeah, no, no, not going to say anything. Not going to say anything. As they're on their way to a press conference to condemn President Trump, and as they were doing that, President Trump tweeted out again. He said, uh, Democrats were trying to distance themselves from the four quote-unquote progressives. Now they are forced to embrace them. That means that they are endorsing socialism, hate of Israel, and the USA. Not good for the Democrats. And that's exactly what President Trump has maneuvered them into. And again, socialism has now become a race and a sexual identification as well. <laughs> We've now, I guess if, if uh, we had... Uh, different gender articles in the English language. You know, like in German, you have das and die and der, you know, neutral or uh, feminine or male. You know, I guess if that were the case, we'd have to refer to their political ideology in the feminine article, right? Uh, as uh, Graham put it, Lindsey Graham, AOC and this crowd are a bunch of communists. How racist is that? You can't criticize communists and socialists because they're now a race and a sex, right? Uh, radical left congresswoman. Again, you say radical left congresswoman. All they hear is women, women. He criticized women. And they're of color. I, he didn't even say anything about that. But uh, I guess we would have in the past painted them as reds. But now they have very cleverly flipped that. And so now anybody who is anti-communist is now identified as red. Okay, uh, They're the blues. Anyway, uh, he said, Lindsey Graham said this. We all know that AOC, he was on Fox and Friends, AOC and this crowd are a bunch of communists. They hate Israel. They hate our own country. Calling guards across along our border, calling border patrol agents concentration camp guards. They accuse people who support Israel of, quote, doing it for the Benjamins. He said they're anti-Semitic. They're anti-America. And, of course, you know, we know that Lindsey Graham would never, never 
criticize Israel. Uh, and, of course, he won't say anything to defend free speech. I mean, these people were calling for censorship of Tucker Carlson. Lindsey Graham goes on Fox, Tucker Carlson's network, and doesn't defend free speech. He defends Israel. See, Lindsey Graham's not doing it for the Benjamins. He's doing it for the Grover Clevelands. <laughs> that's a that's a $1,000 bill. It's got Grover Cleveland's face on it. He's, he's going for the big money there. He said, uh, I think they're American citizens duly elected running on an agenda that is disgusting and that the American people will reject. Will reject, yes. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, it's very easy for foreign governments uh, to buy influence and power. As a matter of fact, you've now got in this arms race, you now have people lobbying Congress who are part of different uh, political factions in other countries uh, lobbying them for war, lobbying them for weapons. And, of course, that's nothing new. It's just becoming more and more obvious, and it's happening with smaller and smaller groups. I mean, you've always had countries like the Saudis and the Israelis and everybody, you know, lobbying uh, for money. You know, give us some money, and we'll turn around and buy some weapons from the military-industrial complex that gives you money to run for office. How does that work? It's nice. It's a kind of a, a chain letter of, of uh, big bill currencies there. But see, there's nobody out there who's lobbying. There's no lobbyist group out there that's paying these politicians like Lindsey Graham to support the Bill of Rights and our free speech. And that's why we're losing it. That's why we're losing it on social media. That's why when President Trump has a White House conference on social media, he doesn't invite Alex Jones. He invites the Heritage Foundation. The Heritage Foundation said, there's no problem. This is the free market. They won. Let them do whatever they want. They own the Internet, fair and square. They won the game of Monopoly. So shut up and go home. You do not collect $200, and you don't get to speak in the digital public square. Because we just had these people who were you know, saying, uh, Tucker Carlson needs to be censored. He needs to shut him down. We need to shut down Fox News. Why are they coming after Fox News? Well, because they already got InfoWars. That's why CNN's coming after Fox News now. And what you saw happening there to Andy No, where they violently attacked him in the physical public square, that's what they're doing in the digital public square. And our elected officials like Lindsey Graham and President Trump are just sitting by doing nothing. Doing nothing. I just retweeted, if you want to follow me on, uh, on Twitter, Libertarian, I retweeted, what the 10th Amendment uh, Center said. I've interviewed uh, uh, those guys multiple times. And I really liked what the one guy had to say. He said, uh, yeah, don't bother. Forget that area code of Washington, D.C. They're not listening. There's nobody on the phone. They don't care. They're never going to give up their power. They're not. You've got to assert the 10th Amendment. You've got to set up local structures to take back this power grab from Washington. We have a national, international show, and I talk about these power control structures that are happening nationally and internationally. But I can tell you, nothing is going to be done in Washington about this. You might as well go to Brussels and, or go to the United Nations and beg them for your individual rights or your sovereignty. They are not going to give it back. Anything that they take, they are not going to give it back. I mean, look at Bernie Sanders when Trump passed the tax cut. Bernie Sanders, the loot in our treasury. It's their money. It's not yours. That's the way they see it. You know, anything that you earn because you are their slaves, you are their chattel property, you don't get to keep it. And that's why the Democrats want to talk so much about literal slavery, chattel slavery, 150, 200 years ago. 
because they don't want you to see that you're still slaves, that all of us, all colors, are slaves to their Washington plantation. And so, uh, anyway, uh, Lindsey Graham wants to talk about that and tells President Trump to aim higher. Aim higher. Well, I don't know how you aim higher. When you talk about liberty, you're talking over their heads. you got to point down low to get to where these people are. <laughs> okay, so let's, that takes us to CNN. CNN, as I said, you know, this is a race. And let me, you know, communism has now become a race. Here's an example. CNN says, Trump versus the squad, a watershed moment in ra- racial politics. And the first sentence, the women who he is painting as the American-hating, communist-loving face of the Democrat Party. They don't say anything about race. Oh, it's communism. Communism is now race. They go on to say he involved all these racial tropes by talking about communism, socialism. Anderson Cooper says uh, he will use race and blood-soaked politics. Well, okay, if communism is a race, and if the communists killed well over 100 million people, uh, communism and socialism, and I include in that figure uh, the death toll of Adolf Hitler, who self-identified as a socialist. He was a nationalist socialist, but he was a socialist nevertheless. His problem with communism and Stalin was he thought Stalin was a fool for nationalizing all the companies first. He said, no, no, these people know how to run things. They know how to make the trains run on time. They know how to build the planes and build the weapons. So you, you, know, you keep them around for a while. You know, we come up with this uh, fascism. We allow private ownership, but we'll control that. The very last thing that we'll do is take all of those businesses from them. He said Stalin made a mistake by doing that first. That was their difference. But look, uh, you want to talk about a blood, blood-soaked politics, Anderson Cooper? Well, that's communism. That's communism and socialism. It is blood-soaked. He goes on to say, uh, the attacks on the liberal quartet known as the squad, you had two saluting Marines stood by Trump, claimed critics like those on the squad hated Americans should leave if they don't like it, and communism. Communism is racist. You got it from the source. Anderson Cooper, CNN, they pointed out, communism is racist. Is, is, uh, if you oppose it, you're a racist. InfoWars, the most banned network in the world. So the InfoWars model is a self-fulfilling, self-supporting structure that is promoting free press and free speech by people getting together and supporting one another and sustaining one another. It is the only independent press of this size and scale, of this public reach. It is the one model that says, here's a way to have a self-supporting, self-sustaining, self-structured, little de-democratic structure that because the audience determines what content goes up, the audience determines what audience is ultimately reached by their choices in supporting InfoWars. And it's all because the audience spends their whatever it is, whether it's $5 or $50 a month on products that they like and that they want that actually compete with the corporate-driven model. And the ability to do that and at the same time support press, support speech, support letting the audience choose what news they want to see and what views they want to hold. And it's the ultimate American democratic expression and experiment. And it is the celebration of free press and free speech with free markets. You're listening to The David Knight Show. Making sense common again. You're listening to The David Knight Show.
Welcome back. Joining us on the studio now is Stuart Rhodes. You've probably seen him on InfoWars the last couple of days. He's now in Austin, and he's in studio with us. Uh, you can also find him at OathKeepers.org. And, of course, I, it's been years since I've talked to you, Stuart. I mean, we were talking about – last time we talked, we were talking about the authorization for the use of military force and – uh, the NDAA, where they were had snuck in this whole idea about uh, detention by the military without due process and so right. forth. So we're talking about constitutional issues, and of course that's your background, uh, constitution, military history, and so forth. But let's talk a little bit about what I've been talking about uh, uh, this segment here. Yesterday I thought it was absolutely amazing to see uh, this reporter from uh, Rebel Media stick a microphone in the face of both uh, Ilhan Omar and then later – uh, AOC, mm-hmm. and for 40 seconds, he's asking them questions. Will you disavow this Antifa terrorist, this act of violence that he did? And they refuse to say anything. It's absolute cricket. So you can see the picture right there. She just uh, turns her head the other mm-hmm. way, walks uh, straight ahead, will not engage him. He puts a microphone right there, keeps asking her about that. Yeah, well, they're not going to criticize a comrade. <laughs> and they're, they're certainly not going to send a message out when, they, when they've been inflaming people with these are concentration camps, these are Nazis, mm-hmm. we have to put a stop to this, you have to follow in the footsteps of World War II veterans who stormed the beach, uh, beaches of Normandy. They can't counteract that by saying this guy did anything wrong. So they're virtue signaling, and it's not even a dog whistle, it's, it's, it's a you know, bear yeah. horn. And, and they're on their way to a press conference where they're going to spend the entire time uh, calling Trump Hitler and so forth. But right. they can't. They can't say a, a bad word about this guy who's a terrorist. And, and imagine with the shoe on the other foot, as President Trump disavowed white supremacist violence on the right and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't enough for them. He, he couldn't, you know, he'd do it once, do it twice, you know, say it again, say it again. Right. They won't say it the first time. Yeah, well, they can't because yeah. it would counteract their entire agenda. Their agenda is to paint the United States as Nazis and racist and our flag itself as a racist thing that must be torn down, as they've been doing across the country, tore down the flag in, in the Aurora, you know, mm-hmm. Colorado, and raised the Mexican flag instead. That's their entire agenda. This is a Marxist revolutionary um, insurrection against the Constitution. President Trump is correct to call it what it is. And he was spot on when he pointed out uh, some time ago, talking about these caravans that are being organized, paid for by uh, these um, – uh, non-governmental organizations, these NGOs like Soros-funded so forth. Uh, but as you pointed out, look, they're coming here and they're burning the American flag on the way here, but they're waving the flags of the countries that they're supposedly fleeing because they're oppressed there and then saying we're refugees, and they're not refugees at all, obviously, right? right. This, is, this is a conquest. Yeah. This, is, this is a Marxist identity politics um, anti-imperialist conquest. And the ideologues in the left who are bringing these people in, they're using them as their foot soldiers or as their useful idiots to, to destroy this country. It's cloud piven strategy yeah. writ large is what yeah. it really is. Yeah, exactly. And we can see how they're doubling and tripling down on this because it's not enough to bring these people in and uh, make citizens out of them. They, want to, they don't want to wait for them to become citizens. They don't want to wait for them to get amnesty. They want to put them on the welfare rolls right away, and they're giving them superior welfare benefits to the American citizens who are already here, and the both ballot. education and health. Yeah. And the real goal is to have them vote. This is mm-hmm. what's disturbing. They're ripping the Democrat Party apart. They're driving people you know, in droves away from the Democrat Party. The walkaway movement is only growing, but they don't care because their end game right now, a short window, is to cram as many people here as possible who will vote for them, the socialists, and sweep across Democratic Party and sweep across the entire electrical system, electoral system, and take over power. And the thing that concerns me about all this, which another brilliant move that President Trump has done with this series of tweets over the weekend, 
he essentially made Nancy Pelosi endorse these people. They're trying to put her into the guillotine. <laughs> We're talking about how this was like the French Revolution eating itself. Yeah. But it made her now defend and endorse these people that are destroying the Democrat Party, as Rahm Emanuel pointed out. Yeah. Uh, so that was one genius move about it. The other thing that was genius is that he took everybody's attention away from the failure on the census question. He had been flip-flopping on that, and he has eventually failed because of judicial activism, because of judicial tyranny. And even if they don't give these people the right to vote, this issue still remains. Even if they don't get the right to vote, if you count them, uh, California gets more representation in Congress, more representation in the Electoral College. And I'm concerned that this strategy of having these numbers counted – uh, by the Commerce Department and turned in and opposed to the uh, census. I know I, I can tell you that uh, I can count the number of seconds on one hand that it's going to take for these people to file another lawsuit and find another activist judge who's going to say, no, you got to go with the census number, not with the actual uh, reports that you've compiled together with the Commerce That's Department. That's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. But they are going to vote. They're already voting in New Mexico mm-hmm. and California. You've had illegal aliens voting. Um, I know, uh, what's, what the, what's the name of the group? Judicial um, Watch has exposed a lot mm-hmm, of that already. Mm-hmm. It was also exposed in, in Texas. They had about 100,000 illegal aliens on the voter rolls. It's happening across That's the right. country. It's Texas official, and what he did was he looked at the uh, driver's licenses because, you know, you've got to produce uh, some ID because of real ID. And uh, he, cor- he correlated the uh, driver's licenses with the voting registration rolls and right. found that a lot of people who are not citizens had been registered to vote. And it was about 100,000. Yeah. And, of course, that was a racist thing to do. <laughs> and so I, I believe that the, the plan – I've said this before with, with Alex, but the plan is, is to have, on election day, all of these legal aliens bust all over the place with Soros-money-funded buses to the, to the polls, and they'll be sheltered in the, in the uh, sanctuary cities and sanctuary states that they're in. They'll feel safe to vote, and they're going to vote. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is the problem. Is Trump might have the election stolen out from underneath them through this illegal, massive fraud. I think, too, as I said when we were talking about the census question last week, I said that is a very important question. There's an even more important question, which is a question of authority. The president is not under the judiciary. They're co-equal branches of the government. Andrew Jackson had said to the Supreme Court, look, you made your decision. Let's see you enforce it, right? Because they had changed. The same court reversed itself within a year over the Cherokee issue. And I think Andrew Jackson was wrong on the Cherokee issue. Uh, when he you know, sent them, transported them uh, across. But it didn't matter. He had the authority to do that. This, and this so, is far worse, though. Yeah. You know, the court ruled that, yes, it is constitutional, obviously, to ask this question. Um, it is also under the laws. You can ask the question. Then they added a third thing that doesn't, doesn't exist in the Constitution or the laws, but you haven't explained to us adequately. Exactly. Our, yeah. Your explanation for why. And what's amazing about that, that was on June the 28th. On June the 26th, those same five judges, uh, Roberts and the four liberals, but I would now include Roberts as part of the four liberals. I mean, look at what he did with Obamacare and so forth. But anyway, uh, the the five judges who are liberals and statists had just said two days earlier, we are not going to uh, roll, put any restrictions at all on the administrative state. They're not going to have to justify their findings or their rulings before us to except the court. They, yeah, and then two days later they come back and say, except for, the, except for the census and except for the Trump administration, and they are going to have to justify to us what their motives were for asking this question. Right. And then we're going to shut down when they say, well, we'll give you some different lawyers to give you a better explanation. No, no, you can't change your lawyers even. I mean, it's well, absolutely amazing. The whole point is to give the Democrats a, a, a victory. All yeah. they really need is a victory now because it's too late to put it on the census. Yeah. That's what they gave them. And what they're also doing, of course, is reinforcing their own supremacy. It's about judicial supremacy 
that in the end, they're the ones who really run this country. That's right. That's right. And it's been that way. They're the ones who are saying, uh, you know, you can't use the military to defend this country. And you've got some of the people trying to uh, bolster that argument by saying that it's a uh, posse comitatus to use the military at the border. It's not. It? Well, it's not. It's national defense. Yeah. But also there are exceptions in, in the statutes that, are, that, that fall under posse comitatus. There's a bunch of different uh, exceptions to that for suppressing an insurrection, mm-hmm. for enforcing the laws, executing the laws of the union, all the things that the militia is, is called out to do. So the president can use the National Guard. They've expanded that to include the U.S. military for those purposes under these exceptions to posse comitatus. But long before that, under Article 2, he's a commander-in-chief. He can do what Wilson did, send the army to the border to, to repel an invasion when, when Wilson responded to Pancho Villa's raid in, in Columbus, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Or even if he wants to, send them across the border into Mexico, which is actually what I encourage them to do now. Yeah. Yeah. Ahead, well, just, they just, did that with Pancho Villa, right? They did, they, they yeah. didn't, The Pershing didn't stop at the border. It's yeah, like, we're, we're going to get this guy. The punitive <laughs> expedition. And this is worse, because yeah. Pancho Villa raided and killed a few people and then went back across the border and didn't come back. The cartels are staying in America. Oh, they're far worse than Pancho yeah, Villa. Absolutely. Far, far worse. All right, we're going to be right back. Uh, great to talk to Stuart Rhodes. Again, uh, oathkeepers.org. We'll be right back. Stay with us. We're going to go. Our powerful line of fluoride-free products is the perfect gift for yourself or others who are exploring a healthier, happier lifestyle. With options ranging from toothpaste to oral spray, it's easy to find the perfect option for you. Super Blue Toothpaste is the fan-favorite fluoride-free toothpaste that every InfoWarrior loves. Powered by iodine and nano-silver, it's designed to deliver a powerful clean while supporting good oral health and fresh breath. Available in two refreshing flavors. Enjoy a minty fresh flavor made with peppermint oil or try our bubblegum flavor. Super Blue Immune Gargle is the only option for on-the-go immune system support like no other. With the scientifically proven patented ingredient Silver Soul in three different sizes, you can take it wherever you go. Support good oral health with our one-of-a-kind Super Blue products don't miss out on revolutionizing your morning routine head to infowarsstore.com and get our line of super blue products today let's talk to marcus in new york marcus you're on the air thanks for holding hey alex yeah i just want to say uh your show is a breath of fresh air i talk to a lot of people here out in new york city and one thing i can tell you is that almost nobody agrees with these wars i think that the neocons are trying desperately to get trump to go to a war because they know that that's the only way that they could defeat him in the eyes of the public the approaching 2020 that's it i mean if trump buys into this it'll be the end of his presidency it's the only way i think he can be defeated other than assassinating him it's a time to be praying my friend i agree entirely the last thing I just want to say, Alex, is I know they're trying to shut you down, but the reinforcements have arrived, man. I would love to see you on air until you're 80 years old. I would love to see what you're talking about when you're 80. But if they do shut you down, no, you've gone into this war. You've won a lot of battles, and there are a lot of people like myself and many others who are going to continue. We're going to keep fighting in the info war, and even if something does happen to you or your show, know for a fact that you've gotten a lot of people fired up for liberty. Thank you, sir, for calling. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You're listening to The David Knight Show.
Welcome back. We're talking to Stuart Rhodes at bothkeepers.org. And we've been talking about the, the fact that uh, the squad on their way to their press conference to attack President Trump couldn't say a single bad thing about this Antifa terrorist who firebombed an ICE facility and was killed in the process. Interestingly enough, uh, Stuart, uh, they've got uh, CNN themselves had a segment where they promoted uh, this very individual. Uh, you can see him in the pictures here. They called him a white, liberal, progressive people, inclusive and friendly to the world is the way they described this guy. <laughs> the John Brown gun club that he was in. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, you know, that they, they own it, essentially, and they, they love what's happening with the it. friendly neighborhood terrorists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. CNN scores again. That's one of the reasons why in six months Brian Stelter has collapsed by uh, over 40 percent in his audience because of this type of thing. But uh, it's exactly what we're saying. And. You know, they call that the United Shades of America. Again, trying to turn communism and socialism mm-hmm. into a racial issue. As I point out, you know, they did it with Islam. Now they're doing it with communism and socialism. Right. A political economic system is now a system of racial and uh, uh, sexual uh, oppression, right? Right. You know, if, if you oppose that. It is actually quite uh, – it is a, a, a case of oppression of everybody. But It's their one trick. It's all they've yeah. got. They're one trick pony. If you oppose them, you're racist. And their entire agenda is to paint. Well, they have two two tricks. One is is that America is racist, and everything they do is is to fight racism. And the second is is the watermelon attack. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's green on the outside, red on the inside. Mm-hmm. To save the planet, we must turn socialist and and, yeah. and turn communist. So those are the two two driving forces behind. We must take up arms now and overthrow this oppressive system. We're all going to die mm-hmm. in twelve years or less. Mm-hmm. And these are Nazis. Yeah, yeah. And and Chakrabarty, the uh, chief of staff of AOC, just came out. So talking about watermelon environmentalism. Uh, he just came out and said, uh, look, it's not about that. It's about radically remaking the society. And we've had other people, uh, as uh, Mark Morano has pointed out when I've had him on the program, he said, look, here's a quote from this one, quote from this one, all talking about the fact that, hey, if we didn't have the climate change thing, we'd have to invent it. And maybe we are inventing it so that we can have this radical restructuring of society. That's really what it's about. Exactly. And their foot soldiers believe it, though. They've got radical environmentalists. Mm-hmm. They've indoctrinated in colleges across the country and down to high schools and, and elementary schools, too, who believe this. You know, they got little kids running around pleading with us, you must pass the Green New Deal or we're all going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell you, you know, talking about all of us dying, I, the, the problem is not climate, but it's actually the political climate that we have of uh, judicial supremacy that we were just talking about. And I think a good example of this was President Trump moving to effectively end asylum at the southern border because we've got a backlog of more than 800,000 cases. Even when these people come to court and even when they have their hearing and it's rejected, so they've come in illegally, they've gone to court, they've had their process, and they said, no, you got to go back home. And that's what these ICE raids that, uh, as far well, as the I ones know, dumb show up, the yeah. very few that show up. Exactly. Right. And so, you know, uh, so they, they have their trial and so forth, and now – uh, even though they have violated the law and at least those two important issues, uh, the left is going crazy saying, don't throw them out. We need to have a wall and we need to have a military border there to keep people out of the country because we've got to keep them out of the judicial system. Well, once they get in, first of all, they don't show up for their hearing. Yeah. But when they do, and one, like you said, they don't, it was like 2,000 people was all that's going to be targeted by these ice raids which is with a drop in the bucket compared to what's yeah. coming in every single day. Oh, yeah. But they don't want them deported either. Yeah. So it lets you know their their goal. Their goal is to destroy this country as a nation state and wipe it off the face of the earth, replace it with their own socialist utopia. 
That is their goal. Only way to stop that is a wall of troops right now. That's right. And Trump does not need Congress's authorization or some court's authorization to do that. And it's his only answer. Mm-hmm. He, must, he must do it. Yeah. If he doesn't do that, the window of a political solution to our problems is going to shut, slam shut. It is an existential issue for America. It, it truly is. And he doesn't only have the authority, but he has the duty to do that. He must do that. Or if he doesn't do that, uh, America goes away, which is what they want. I mean, you, you look at the radical agenda of these people. They're carrying their slogans, uh, Make America Mexico Again. Uh, their Aslan Nation, you know, which is what Julian Castro was descended from. His mother was one of the founders of La Raza, you know, yeah. everything for the race, nothing for anybody outside the race. Yep. They want to make all of the southwestern part of the U.S. Mexico again. And La Raza was always a radical Marxist movement. Mm-hmm. You know, their, their, vision, their very vision of MAGA is make America go away. That's what MAGA <laughs> means to them. That's perfect. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, that's exactly what they want. Uh, but, uh, you know, as we, as we look at this and we move forward – Again, unless President Trump, and it's on so many different issues, but especially on everything that has to do with immigration and the border, which was the key issue for President Trump. And uh, it's, it's going to be, I, I think it's still winnable for him because the people that they're putting up on the Democrat side are so uh, so weak as candidates and the party has become so radicalized. He can probably win, unlike uh, George H.W. Bush, even if he does a read my lips, no new taxes type of thing with the border. But it's going to defeat America if he doesn't uh, do that. And that's the, the key thing. And he's going to have to take – he's going to have to challenge the judiciary, I think, because that is where – that's the point at which they've shut down everything that uh, he's tried to do. Right. As both Dr. Evan Vera and I have said many times, including on, on, a, on Alex Jones' show, he should tell the district court judge that you don't run this country. I'm the commander-in-chief. Yes. And he should go right to the Supreme Court and say, I'm going to defend this country and do what I need to do to execute the laws of the union – and to, and to to suppress this insurrection and repel this invasion until you say otherwise, the Supreme Court, show them a little bit of respect, but give no respect at all to one district court judge. Why is it that one lawyer in address that they can go forum shop and find some guy in San Francisco or, or Seattle? Because there's about 3,500 federal judges. I mean, right. go find one that hates Trump and hates this particular Not policy, do. and he doesn't have to give a reason for why he shuts this down. He right. just says, no, you can't do it. Yeah, so they might as well just move that judge into the White House, into, yeah. the, into the Oval Office, and let him run the country. That's right. That's what's happening. Yeah. Well, you know, President Trump uh, likes Andrew Jackson. You know, he's got pictures of Andrew Jackson. And uh, so that's why I, I constantly mention that that Andrew Jackson said that about the Supreme Court, but he wasn't the only one. That was the opinion of everybody. That was the opinion of the founders. said, look, this is the least dangerous. They considered all the federal government to be dangerous, but the least dangerous is the judiciary because they don't have any means to enforce their orders. Right. And yet we have not only you know the presidents for the last 100 years have bowed down to that, but it's actually, Stuart, isn't it also the state governors and the state legislatures? Because you know we have situations like gay marriage, for example. That never passed in California even as a referendum. So you have the Supreme Court, the judiciary, impose that on people even though they don't have the authority under the Ninth and Tenth Amendment. And even in places where you've got uh, a law and a constitutional amendment that defines marriage, they all bow down at the state level to the federal judiciary and the Supreme Court. Yeah, and also to the state Supreme Courts too. Yeah. But it, it is judicial supremacy. It, it's a judicial oligarchy that's over our country now. Mm-hmm. So yes, Ma- imagine if the, if the communist Chinese invaded California, for an absurd example, and President Trump deployed the military to repel the invasion, but some district court judge said, oh, sorry, you can't do that. I, I find that unconstitutional. Would he stop repelling the invasion? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. Same thing here. Because if he does, don't have any problem when he goes to a foreign country to invade their borders or to protect their borders or to change their regime. Uh, right. and, and so that's one of the things that's coming up now with this uh, this push on the Democrat side. And, of course, their motivation in this 
is simply to uh, oppose the president in every respect possible. Because they didn't have any problem when Obama uh, added war after war after war, when they put troops in Syria. Remember the back and forth between yeah. Jeff Sessions and Leon Panetta? And Jeff Sessions said, you're going to tell us before you send troops in. Well, they didn't. They didn't tell us before they did that, before they built bases and, and airfields. They didn't tell us. And kill lists of, of people who would kind of have yeah. reached across the world, including yeah. U.S. citizens, right? Yeah. They said nothing about that because it was Obama doing it. That's right. So now there's, this, there's going to be a fight over this, over Yemen. Uh, and over other issues. And it's amazing because, you know, we, we find ourselves, and again, I, I don't want to be too tribal about this, because if they are on the right side of a single issue, even if they're doing it for the wrong motive, the right issue is to go back to the Constitution and say, we're going to have a discussion, our elected representatives and the public are going to decide whether or not we should have a war over this issue. And then it gets uh, executed by the president once we make that decision. That's correct. But we, we've got to stop this situation because if we don't, if we support President Trump, say, well, I like the president, let him go define any war that he wants to do. Uh, we're going to have another Obama. We're going to have another Clinton. We're going to have another Bush or whatever come in. Yeah. We have to be principled on that issue. So yeah. a declaration of war should be required before we invade a nation like Iran, absolutely. Yeah. Now, defensive use of military force to defend your forces is one thing. But to invade a country absolutely should require a declaration of war. Yeah. Like I said in the break, you know, a broken clock is right twice twice a day. <laughs> so on this one, they're right. But they're only doing it out of, out of partisan motivation. Mm-hmm. But, but they're actually pointing to something that's a legitimate problem. Mm-hmm. We have not had a declared war since World War II. And Trump, to his credit, has pulled back from this perpetual war mindset. You know, he's he stopped the attack on Iran, which I think was a smart move. Yeah. So I, and I Rand Paul just that. tweeted out yesterday. Uh, Rand Paul, the president, and Lindsey Graham had a round of golf, and he said the president and I were lecturing Lindsey Graham on unauthorized use of uh, the military. I would have loved to have been on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I would have loved to have been there to record. I'm sure everybody Good. would have. And uh, hopefully, it is as Rand Paul pointed out. Uh, Rand Paul and President Trump on one side and Lindsey Graham on the other. Can you say one more segment? Yeah, you bet. Okay, great. We're going to be right back with uh, Stuart Rhodes, OathKeepers.org. We'll be right back. Stay with us. time to show them what a real alpha male looks like with one of our most powerful products ever made alpha power as you age your body can lose testosterone over time with the incredible ingredients in this formula we can help you beat the test of time and assist in restoring that lost energy and mood that comes with time and age alpha power's incredible ingredients can help you boost your sports performance or enhance your day-to-day life with ease while encouraging hormonal balance perfect by itself or with super male vitality in the true alpha male path alpha power can help boost performance help maintain normal testosterone levels support healthy cholesterol and more let alpha power help bring you to the peak of your optimal health don't fall short on energy in the fight against tyranny show the world what a true alpha male looks like today with alpha power head to infowarsstore.com today 